Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Les dejo un secreto. Cuando la salsa picante del spicy crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's cae en el wrapper, se convierte en un dip para tus papitas. Esas papitas y refresco mediano que te llevas gratis al comprar cualquiera de los crispy chicken sandwiches de McDonald's por el app. Crujiente, tiernito y jugoso. Es pollo a la McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado en el app de McDonald's. Para pa pa pa. Válido del 28 de febrero al 3 de abril del 2022. Solo en McDonald's participantes de Estados Unidos. Válido una vez por semana. Se requiere descarga y registro de la aplicación de McDonald's. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, and I am here, as always, with my fake black friend, white boy, Malcolm X. And I hope all of you are having a great week so far. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day to everyone. Got an exciting show for you all today, I I hope. And we'll even start off with this. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X, gay at the front, smoking gun in the back. Remember, you can always get hold of me via email. My email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. I see that parlor is now back up, but I only really have a couple of new posts there. I don't think any of the stuff that uh, was on the Amazon servers has survived, but it is up and running, and I should be able to post more there over the next couple of days, weeks, and months, and hopefully years, because now they can't get to them. <laughs> so, good, good. We can uh, have a lot of fun over at Parlor, and I also have my local site, millerfrostshow.locals.com. And White Boy Malcolm X, I do know that you are still celebrating Black History Month, but no, and remember that it is the 17th of February, and since, for some reason, I'm assuming white supremacy, folks, the uh, Black History Month was given the month of February, which is the shortest month of the year. You are running out of time, sir, to uh, get that Kenty cloth out and go to town. You know, folks, I was just saying on the, uh, the Sunday podcast, and if you haven't listened to it yet, you really should. I think it was a good show, but <laughs> of course I'm biased, but I was saying on Sunday's podcast that the Lord giveth, but the Lord also taketh away. And what I meant by that was that the Lord gave me two really good smoking gun stories, both out of Florida. I mean, you can't ask for a better ending to a show, but since I had two of them, I stuck one in the middle, but we had a really good show because we had two really good smoking gun stories out of Florida, where all my favorite crazy people are, but the Lord also taketh away. And what did he take away from me? He has not given me any really good teacher bait story. So I don't know what it was, but those teachers, they have been really behaving themselves out there, or so we thought. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves, folks. They're high school teachers, right? They get horny for 14 and 15-year-old boys. I don't know why. It's not my thing. I always tell people, never get a boy to do a man's job. But for some reason, high school teachers never, ever, ever listen to me and I knew I could count on them. I knew my high school teachers could not resist teacher bait. So I have not one, but two, two high school teacher bait stories. And the Lord also giveth me a Florida smoking gun story to wrap the show. So, Actually, the Lord has not taken anything from me on this podcast. I can't complain. Not that I was complaining on Sunday because I had some really good stuff in there. But it is all, it is all a win win for uh, this podcast. Before we jump into our stories, we got a good pile for you, I think. Let's go ahead and do our news quick hits. They seem to be, White Boy Malcolm X, the Summit Mistress, likes the news quick hits, so we have to keep doing them now, or I'm going to get in some trouble. But speaking of high school teachers, John Weaver of the Lincoln Project, who, seriously, folks, in another life, he would be, he would be a high school teacher with his uh, young boy fetish. He has apparently been accused by a second underage teenage boy. <laughs> Another one has come forward. 
And man, oh man, I bet there are more out there. <laughs> because something tells me that creeper didn't just stop at two. For our second story, I actually have to apologize to you all because on Sunday's podcast, I served you all up some really old news. Well, not really old, but I served you up old news. And if you're like, Miller, what are you talking about? I thought it was all good news. Well, it was, but we were talking about T.J. Ducklow and that they had put him on a one-week suspension for threatening a reporter. And he is that D.C. Lothario and Swamp Stud <laughs> who uh, apparently... All the ladies in D.C. love those virgin pajama boys. All those leftist chicks love, love dopey virgin pajama boys who live in their mother's basement. But he actually resigned on Saturday night. And Sunday, I'm telling you, he had a one-week suspension. But he is gone. So we will have no more. There will be no more T.J. Ducklow news. I wonder what his, uh, his dopey girlfriend thinks about him not bringing in a paycheck anymore. Oprah Winfrey, white boy Malcolm X. Oprah Winfrey is set to have an intimate conversation. That is how it was phrased with those two dopes, Harry and Megan, that dumb ginger and a stupid wife. And that will air on March 7th for all of you people who are interested. I don't know who you are, but you have a mental illness if you are. And quick question for you, White Boy Malcolm X. Who, who was the dumbest person in that conversation? That's a trick question. Don't even bother answering. <laughs> it's all of the above. That is the answer to that, uh, that question. Well, okay, I'll be nice a little bit. I guess Oprah beats them out by a hair or two. But uh, Harry and Megan, that's got to be a painful conversation. And uh, Megan apparently is knocked up again. Those two are breeding. There's going to be another dopey Windsor running around. You know, Harry with his global green whatever, <laughs> he's sure spitting out a lot of kids. And we know they have big carbon footprints, but uh, another one of them is coming into the world. Marilyn Manson, I'm starting to feel bad for this guy. Every chick he has ever dated is coming out of the woodwork. You know, we had Evan Rachel Wood or whatever her name is. She came out after 23 years of those two being separated to complain about what a weirdo he was. Jenna Jameson came out, but she 13 years after they broke up (laughs) doing the same thing. And now there's some woman called... Esma Blanco, I don't know how what her name is, E-S-M-E. She's some uh, actress. I think she was on Game of Thrones. Ten years later, she's coming out. A decade later, she's like, yeah, he's kind of weird. And uh, he kind of, all that the horrible stuff, he hid in plain sight. Because I guess that was his shtick back in the day about being just a jerk. <laughs> and she was complaining he hid in plain sight. And I'm like, there was no hiding, honey. He was just, he was who he was. And uh, if you... If you thought uh, the public persona was different than the private one, yeah, no, I could see that one coming a mile away. <laughs> I don't know why these people go out with public nut jobs and then complain about them being private nut jobs. <laughs> but you know what? They're still nut jobs. So I'm wondering, I'm sure there will be more coming out, and I, I have no doubt about that. Minneapolis, folks. Minneapolis, which was ground zero for getting rid of the police department, defunding the police, started in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They are now set to spend an additional $6.4 million to recruit more police officers. (laughs) I think they figured out pretty quickly that, yeah, that whole defund thing just doesn't really work that well. Oops. They're down, White Boy Malcolm X. They are down 200 police officers already, and they're down to like 638. So if you do the quick math, they're down about 25%, give or take. And if you don't like my math, hey, you're the racist, right? We learned on Sunday's podcast that two plus two equals whatever the hell you want it to be because that is the new woke math. So my math says that they're down 100% (laughs) and screw you if you don't like it. And so they are going to get more popo. So you folks in Minneapolis who have had fun rioting and burning, those days are theoretically numbered. NBC News is reporting that more than $100 billion in COVID relief money has been scammed by the, from the federal government. So if you're sitting around wondering where your $600 check is, somebody took that puppy. <laughs> somebody took your money and spending it. $100 billion, white boy Malcolm X. Damn. That is a lot of thievery, and guess what? Guess how many people are going to be prosecuted over that? No one. Don't even bother sitting, waiting around for that. 
And so, you know, you people that can't pay your rent and you can't put food on the table because you're not allowed to work because everything is shut down, um, just know that someone out there made some good bank on this. Nutty Nancy Pelosi, folks, that, that crazy old woman, that senile old woman has signed off on a 9-11 style commission that will examine the Capitol riot. So those nutty right-wingers that were attempting to overthrow the government, they are doing a 9-11 style commission to get to the bottom of that. And what is the lesson there, folks? I told you people, do not mess. Do not mess with the ruling class because they're going to come back and get you. Those people you don't screw with. You can screw with everyone else. Look, if you want to riot, you've got that in your system. Go to Portland. And I don't even care. Go to Portland, Maine. <laughs> if that's the closer Portland to you, just go to a Portland and riot. That's fine. You're not going to get in a lot of trouble. Don't worry about it. If you get arrested, they're going to let you right out anyway. You can go to Seattle, go to Atlanta, go anywhere. Just, you know, pick a city. <laughs> just don't do that in D.C. And if you do it in D.C., definitely do not touch the Capitol because those people are not going, they're not going to put up with that. We already know, folks, we already know that uh, high school teachers are just, <clears throat> they love that uh, teacher bait. But I tell you what, teachers in general, I'm starting to get the idea, folks, that they in general, now we already know about the high school teachers, right? But in general, I think they're nothing but a pack of lazy COVID care and mean girls. <laughs> I'm seeing all these uh, these news articles, right? You got like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. She's the lesbian running the city of Chicago. Bless her heart. She called them a political party. <laughs> Duh, Lori, if you hadn't figured that out, what do you think got you elected in the first place? And now you're complaining because they don't want to go back to school. And then Fox News this morning, I'm at the gym on the treadmill, and they had something on the television about out in Los Angeles about the teachers out there complaining because they weren't taking into account. I'm just paraphrasing on this because there was no closed caption. I was just kind of reading the bullet points there. But they were complaining about COVID restrictions and going back to school in urban environments. And folks, you know how woke I am. So I saw the word urban and I was triggered because everyone knows that the word urban is code for some sort of minority. And that was horrible. I can't believe the teachers in L.A. are even saying that. <laughs> but apparently that is an issue out there. And then I saw this on NewJersey.com. It's NJ.com. And here's the headline on this. Parent rips district over all remote school. Official fires back photos of her family sledding without masks. <laughs> so if you complain about the school district, folks, they're going to spy on you and they're going to catch you without your mask on and they're going to throw that right back in your face. The question I have, though, is why does nobody want to go? Well, I know the parents do. The parents want to go back to school. The parents want the kids to go back to school. And the teachers are saying, no, not really. This is not our thing. We don't want this. We're not ready. They're coming up with every excuse in the book. And I'm trying to figure out why is this? Why do the parents want the kids to go back to school? Why are the teachers hesitant? And folks, I think it's the kids. I, I don't think anyone wants to deal with these children. <laughs> Let's face it. They're all like social media obsessed. And they're all a bit of bratty anyway. But uh, parents are like, I am done. I'm done with this stupid brat in my house. I got to get this damn thing out of here. And the teachers are like, man, this has been the best year ever. I just look at these morons on Zoom. I, I lecture them about social justice and the green environment and all this other blah, blah, blah crap. And I just shovel a bunch of stuff and then I can just turn the TV off or the monitor off and I don't have to deal with them anymore. They're the parents' problems. <laughs> so I think it's the kids that everyone uh, everyone's trying to avoid there. <laughs> it's your parents' fault. You get what you deserve with those kids. Now that that is over with, we are done with our news quick hits. Let's go ahead and jump into the pile. And this first story I put on here, we're not actually going to read. It's from the Philadelphia Gay News, but I already have one of those stories in my pile. But I just wanted to read this headline. Press A, be gay. LGBTQ representation in video games. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just have one thing to say about this. If that matters to you, if you're a gay gamer and you're in your mother's basement, you got your little, I don't know, your little controller there and you're in front of your big TV and you're ready to load up your game. You're like, oh, this game is so stupid. There are no gay characters in here. This is just horrible. It's so... If that matters to you, you are screwed in the head. That's all I'm going to say. God. Three pages, folks, on gay characters in a video game. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. This is from page six, which is the New York Post gossip page. And how's this headline? Adam Rippon had a backpack with thousands of condoms at Olympics. 
And Adam Rippon, folks, if you don't know who that queen is, he's a he's a he's a skater. He's a ice skater. And uh, actually, now that I think about it, if you go and look him up, if you can just Google Adam Rippon, I guess I don't know if you want that in your Google search history, but if you do it, Adam Rippon, blah, 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 that will show you, folks, because I do talk about what is gay thin and what is gay obese. And he is like this kid is like rail thin. I don't know how old he is, but he is like rail thin. He looks emaciated. He's like an emaciated waif, right? That is gay thin. That is thin in the gay community. That is exactly what I'm talking about. When you talk about just a normal body and the, that's what the ideal is, thin, that is Adam Rippon, that ice skater. And he was hanging out with, um, God, I can't think of that dopey gay kid's uh, the skier. Gus Kenworthy. Man, that rolled right off your tongue. <laughs> yes. That guy, they were hanging out for a bit. Those two are. Anyway, let's find out about his, his condoms. Adam Rippon says he had a backpack filled with thousands of condoms at the Olympics. The skater, who became a breakout star after winning bronze in the 2018 Pyeongchang Games, said on Al Roker's sandwich-based web show Cold Cuts. So Al Roker, who lost all that weight, has a web-based show about sandwiches. Hmm, who knew? That he heard stories in the media about Olympians going through countless condoms in the Olympic Village. And I know that queen was like, mm, can't wait for that. So he said that when he got to his dorm and didn't find any, he was disappointed. Oh, poor princess. Rippon said that it was only when he went to a medical center for a routine drug test that he spotted a stockpile. He told Roker that staff told him those were the only condoms available, and he said, I walked over with my backpack and I dumped maybe 2,000 condoms into my backpack. <laughs> That's a pretty damn big backpack. That girl, white boy Malcolm X... That queen wanted to get busy. Damn. Damn. She's telling that story three years later. She is proud of that. She goes, I got myself a couple thousand condoms. I'm going to have me some fun. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they call a, a humble brag or what, but I have to give Adam Rippon, I have to give him at least a little credit. At least he is using them because most queens these days are like, I don't know what the downside is, right? HIV. How many times have I had to say this? HIV is a pill a day now for most people. It's like, oops, got that thing. Here's another pill. But uh, yeah, at least he's using them. I can't think that he's using 2,000. That power bottom. I bet she was worn out when the, the games were done. When did she have time to skate? This is from the College Fix. And how's this headline? Kentucky University offers courses that allow students to earn anti-racism badges. White boy Malcolm X, you and I might have to go back to school. A Catholic university in Kentucky. So not just DePaul, folks, not just DePaul is housing that woke nuttiness. Recently launched a new certification program in anti-racism. Spalding University's Restorative Practices for the Anti-Racist Journey is a series of half and full day online courses for individuals and groups from public sector corporate and nonprofit organizations, according to a university news release. So we don't even have to go back to school, White Boy Malcolm X. We can just do that for work. The courses will teach concepts of cultural humility and restorative practices as a means to bring about positive social change, according to the Louisville University statement. Upon completion, participants and restorative practices for the anti-racist journey will be awarded three tiers of certification badges by Spalding, bronze, silver, and ebony, university officials said. So no gold, folks. Ebony is, of course, that makes total sense. And if you didn't know that, you are just not as woke as I am. One workshop on cultural humility foundations will help students understand commonly held biases and privileges. And folks, we know there are a lot of privileges out there and explore the problems with the colorblind and multicultural competence frameworks to diversity work, according to a one-page course description shared with the college fix by Professor Dede Wolfarth. Her aim is to create a more just society for all, with equal access to resources for all across race, ethnicity, genders, gender identity, sexual orientation, SES, whatever that is, immigration status, educational level, etc. And the etc. is whatever they want it to be according to an email sent to The Fix. Our society has been too long been tipped to favor some over others, and it is not a level playing field despite what some believe the professor said. We need to all do our own work in changing the status quo, because hard truth, it doesn't work for many people, she said. Other courses which start this week include Restorative Practices Understood and Applied Foundations, 
the context of racism foundations, and restorative practices understood and applied foundations. Damn, white boy Malcolm X. How many badges do you think we can get for that? <laughs> from Spalding University? I tell you what, folks, everyone knows. I mean, I'm going to ace these puppies. Boom, boom, boom. I'm getting three, three ebony badges because as woke as I am, I mean, and can you imagine being one of those poor schlubs, one of those poor souls that only brings home the bronze or silver in one of these anti-racism badges, especially, especially if their company uh, sent them out to uh, to get one of these. <laughs> they were like, oh, where's your ebony badge? And be like, oh, I only got the bronze one. They'll be like, hmm, I wonder if there's still some white supremacy deep within you. Go back until you get the ebony anti-racism badge. Go forth. Okay, then. More nuttiness on a Catholic college campus these days. This is from the New York Post, and here's the headline. MTA, and this is just, folks, this is just a prime you for teacher bait stories coming up. MTA worker caught having sex at rail yard while collecting overtime. The taxpayers weren't the only one getting screwed. A Metro North worker resigned last month after the MTA's watchdog caught him having sex with a woman at a rail yard while collecting overtime pay, according to a new report. Investigators from the office of MTA Inspector General Carolyn Pacorni observed the machinist, a 25-year veteran, bringing an unauthorized woman onto the ground of the Crotton Harmon property three times last spring. So not once, folks, not twice, but this stud brought her on there three times including at least one time that got steamy, I bet it did, according to the report set to be publicized later Monday. On May 16th, OIG Gumshoes observed the man and woman, neither of whom is identified by name in the report, kiss and have intimate contact in a railway storage yard behind the open door of the woman's Nissan Pathfinder, according to the document. The train yard tryst, which went down a mere 10 to 15 feet from tracks clearly labeled no entry except authorized vehicles, which I suspect she probably has tattooed somewhere on her body, according to the report, occurred in the middle of the man's overtime shift and lasted an impressive 77 minutes. GPS data from the machinist MTA-issued truck shows. <laughs> and those OIG gumshoes, they were watching that for 77 minutes, white boy Malcolm X. <laughs> oh, look what they're doing. Oh, look what she's doing to him. Look what he's doing to her. Oh. I know what kind of perverts are in the OIG. 13 days later, so another two weeks, investigators from Pocortney's office observed the man bring the woman to the same Metro North facility for an extended lunch, the report said. Investigators, I bet those OIG <laughs> Man, they like to watch, don't they? Investigators caught the machinist taking longer than permitted lunch breaks off of MTA property on five other occasions, including one meeting with the female companion that lasted more than three hours, but the couple's afternoon delights were hardly confined to work hours. The machinist's daytime shifts typically end six hours before his overtime shifts, in between which he was permitted to go home and rest, which it sounds like he needed. He was brought up on disciplinary charges in December and resigned after a January 20th disciplinary hearing, the IG said. Metro North has zero tolerance for theft of time or appropriation of resources for personal use, said MTA spokesman Aaron Donovan. And just, I don't know about you folks, but uh, I don't believe that for a, a second. God. How long does that take to investigate those folks, white boy Malcolm X? I bet those OIG gumshoes. They must like that stuff, watching him doing that for a couple weeks before they busted him. This is from Queerty, and this, folks, this is a very sad story. Here's the headline. Transracial bisexual. And folks, if you don't know what a bisexual is, they will do anyone, right? Rachel Dolezal, and she was the fake black chick, white boy Malcolm X. She, she was copying your shtick. Hasn't worked in six years. Can't even get hired as a hotel maid. Heavens no. So let's find out more about this bisexual fake black chick. Rachel Dolezal first made headlines in 2015 when it was discovered she had been masquerading as a capital B black woman while serving as president of the NAACP's chapter in Spokane, Washington. Shortly after that, she came out as bisexual and compared herself to Caitlyn Jenner, who is trans. <laughs> I missed that part of the story. How did I miss that? Since then, Dolezal has changed her name to Nekechi, N-K-E-C-H-I, Nekechi Amare Diallo, but she still sometimes goes by Rachel, 
published a book, been charged with second-degree perjury and felony theft by welfare fraud, and more or less fallen into obscurity. Until earlier this week when she re-emerged to appear on Tamron Hall's show to discuss what her life has been like these past six years. Turns out it hasn't been great, or even good. In fact, things have been kind of bad for the 43-year-old mother of two. Well, that's what you get for being a fake black. Are you listening, white boy Malcolm X? Dolezal told Hall that she's experienced unending financial troubles after more than half a decade of being unable to land a job based on what she calls being misunderstood. I started with applying for all the things I was qualified for, and after interviews and getting turned down, I even applied for jobs that didn't even require degrees, she said. Dolezal went on to say that she wishes people would see her for who she is rather than what she is, a mother, an activist, and an artist. That's who I really am. You're a nut, honey. That's what you are. (laughs) When it comes to race and identity, I've always identified racially as human. And I didn't think white boy Malcolm X. I thought human was a species. It was not a race. But that's how dumb she is, folks. She doesn't know the difference. But have found more of a home in capital B black culture and the capital B black community. And that hasn't changed. To make ends meet, Dolezal has had to take odd jobs here and there. But it's been tough for sure. Not having a job for six years, having to create my own job and find my own ways to provide for my children through hair braiding, which folks, let's face it, is cultural appropriation, through grant writing to bring funds into marginalized communities and black-owned businesses and nonprofits, through painting, through doing pep talks on Cameo.com. Hmm, I can only imagine what those are like. You can do it, folks. You can do it if you want to be fake black. You can do it too. This is all you have to do. It's definitely been a long six years, she continued. Then she added without any hint of irony, I really strongly believe that as a person, you have to continue to be who you are and you can't change who you are. Well, you certainly try. If anyone did, I don't know, Nakechi, Rachel, whatever the hell you go by these days, if anyone tried to be fake black, it was it was you, but you failed. This is from Tal Road, and this is a very interesting headline. Arizona lawmaker defends bill banning non-binary pronouns. What if someone wants to identify as a chicken? (laughs) This poor soul is taking on the funky pronoun people. Let's find out more. Arizona State Representative John Fillmore introduced House Bill 2725 last week, which would limit gender options on Arizona state identification documents to male and female. In defending his bill, Fillmore masked his bigotry in idiocy. And that, folks, is from Tal Road, not from me. I don't believe we, as a society, should have all of the different binaries identified. What's going to happen when someday someone wakes up and they want to go to a far extreme and identify as a chicken or something for crying out loud? Where do we draw the line? Insider reports, prior to his comments about people identifying as chickens, Fillmore said the gender dysfunction thing allows men to enter into the restrooms of the little girls and create situations that I don't think are beneficial to society and the nuclear family as a whole. Ooh, John Fillmore, you are in some trouble. <laughs> but folks, you know, someone someone somewhere is is going to is gonna probably come out and identify as a chicken. And and you queens at Tal Road, you could be as bitchy as you want about it and be like, he's just being hyperbolic. He's just making things up to make you look bad. But you know, someone will. I mean, we had that article a couple months ago, those three weirdos, one identified as a fairy and one identified as a leprechaun. And I don't know what the other one did. I think a troll or something. But these three were not identifying as human at all. They were identifying as, I don't know, weirdos, <laughs> some pixie land or something. But, uh, you know, it will happen, right? At some point, someone's going to be identify as this or identify as that. And they're not going to know what to put on the damn driver's license. And I have a couple of questions if the folks at Tal Road are, are listening. First off, to the point of what do you put on the driver's licenses? I mean, look, you've got multiple genders now, right? You don't have male and female anymore. You have like eight different genders. So what are you going to say, for example, if you have someone who has a questioning gender, right? They don't know, right? Oh, I don't know. What are you, male, female? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to do? Like put a question mark there? <laughs> are you, what about bi-gender people, right? Is there like an all of the above option? Because they're everything, right? And uh, the other question I have is, what are you going to do with the gender fluid, right? Because one day they could be male, one day they could be female. Are you going to give them like two driver's licenses, <laughs> three driver's licenses? I mean, how many driver's licenses are you going to hand out to people who have multiple genders or, you know, all of the above? So I, <laughs> you folks at Talbro can laugh all you want, but you mark my words. John Fillmore, is, uh, he's got something to this.
Okay, you all have been waiting for it. The first of two teacher bait stories. This one is from WTSP 10, channel 10. Sebring High School critical thinking teacher charged with sexual battery on a student. And this is out of Florida. So this is a Florida teacher bait story. A Sebring High School teacher has been charged with 10 counts of sexual battery after she had sex with a 15-year-old student, the Highlands County Sheriff's Office announced Friday. Ariel Madden Reed, 30, a critical thinking teacher who, let's face it folks, was not doing a whole lot of critical thinking when she was banging some 15-year-old, apparently 10 times, was arrested Friday and booked into the Highlands County Jail. She's been on administrative leave since Wednesday when the Special Victims Unit opened its investigation. And White Boy Malcolm X, why? Why would they get the Special Victims Unit? There's nothing special about these victims because all these teachers are banging them left and right. How special can they be? Not very special at all. The investigation was launched after a school resource deputy reported the male teen had nude photos of Reed on his cell phone. Deputies say Reed engaged in sexual conduct with the teenager at her home, in her car, and even in her classroom between November 2020 and February 2021. So she's been banging this kid for the last four months. And this next quote, folks, this is from the, uh, the school district. We are committed to providing a safe learning environment in all Highland County schools, so we are shocked and saddened by these allegations. <laughs> I don't know how they're shocked at all, folks. Half their teachers are probably banging students. <laughs> Good God. School administration and district officials are fully cooperating with the Highlands County Sheriff's Office as they investigate this matter, Deputy Superintendent Andrew Lethbridge wrote in a statement. No further comments will be made as this is an ongoing investigation. This is the kicker, folks. Reed's husband, Jonathan Patrick Reed, 37, was also arrested on Friday after deputies say he interfered in the execution of a search warrant. And white boy Malcolm X, can you imagine, can you imagine being Jonathan Patrick Reed and the Sheriff's Department shows up, they knock on the door, you open the door, they're like, we're here to serve a warrant, and he's probably like, well, why? Well, you know, we arrested your wife, why? Well, she was banging uh, a 15-year-old student in the school. <laughs> Poor husband. He's like, what? I've been cuckolded by a 15-year-old boy? What the hell? No. He probably had a rage fit. <laughs> Who can blame him? He probably thinks he's a stud about town. He's a 37-year-old man. He's a millennial, right? They all think they walk on water. So this guy's probably like, man, I am. He probably goes to his buddy. He's like, man, I am pleasing the hell out of my wife. She's always got a smile on her face. I am rocking it out with that chick. And he's finding out that Guess what? The smile on her face is because some boy, she's an aphibophile, and some 15-year-old boy is giving her the pleasure. <laughs> Poor Jonathan Patrick Reed. I feel bad for the guy. Poor guy. Wife banging a 15-year-old. I, I hope you folks at the Highland County Sheriff's Office, I hope you drop those charges. <laughs> You've been cuckolded, buddy. This is from LGBTQ Nation. And how's this headline? Unhinged pastor demands Biden takes a gay man as his second wife to practice what he's preaching. <laughs> a Nigerian bishop and white boy Malcolm X, since you're fake black and you are celebrating, you are celebrating Black History Month. I have a question for you. Is that racist for the LGBTQ nation, that group, to call a Nigerian bishop a capital B black bishop? a man of the cloth, and I don't know if it's the Kenti cloth, but he is probably a man of the cloth. Is that racist to call him unhinged? You suspect so. I, Man, you queen. So I'm thinking that they think they've got gay privilege. Gay privilege is bigger and better than, than capital B black privilege. Those queens are like, let's just call him unhinged, that, that nut job. <laughs> you can't do that to capital B black folks, you queens. You silly queens are going to get in a lot of trouble. You, you need to show your wokeness and uh, retract that headline. Anyway, let's, let's continue on. A Nigerian bishop went on a bizarre rant last week in a newspaper interview where he said President Joe Biden, that is creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, should marry a man in Nigeria as his second wife. He must practice what he's preaching. The rant came in response to a presidential memorandum issued by Biden earlier this month that called on the State Department to ensure that United States diplomacy 
and foreign assistance promote and protect the human rights of LGBTQI plus persons. So Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer added in the I to the LGBTQI plus alphabet. And if you're like, well, Miller, what the hell is the I for? That is intersex, folks. So if you need that explained to you, no, I'm not touching that one right now. But man, so this guy's upset because Joe Biden wants the State Department to ensure that U.S. diplomacy and foreign assistance promote and protect LGBTQI plus persons. And folks, the only way I can think of that he would go about doing that, and I can't believe we're not running out of them in the first place, but White Boy Michael Max, I am assuming that creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer wants queens with clipboards <laughs> to go out there, to go out on behalf of the State Department to all these different countries and find out if they're if what they're doing, if their diplomacy and foreign assistance, which is our money, right, our taxpayer money, folks, if that is promoting and protecting the human rights of LGBTQI plus persons. And can you see, White Boy Malcolm X, can you see a queen with a clipboard going into Nigeria? <laughs> Hi, thank you so much. I'm, I'm from the State Department, and I just, I'm here now because I want to make sure that our diplomatic efforts and especially our foreign assistants are promoting and protecting the human rights of the LGBTQI plus community. And so that's what I'm here for. And I have my checklist and I, what? What's the plus? Oh, did you really have to, you don't want to know what the plus is. Oh, that's just a dumpster fire. You don't, you don't want to know what the plus is. Just forget the plus. Just, just, that's just like a catch-all. We just want to catch everyone because everyone's got to have their own letter of the alphabet. And we just, we can't use all 26 of them at one time. So we just, plus. what, what's the, uh, what's the cue? Oh, oh they're, they're a pain in the ass. They just, they question everything. They don't know. Just one day they're this, one day they're that. They just, blah, blah, blah. Hey, let me just do, let me just do a quick rundown. L, you know what that is. Those are just those, those angry lesbians. G, you know what those are. Those are folks, fine folks like me. The Bs, oh, God, here we go. Bs are bisexuals. And just, they would do anyone. So I wouldn't even think about them because, you know, even if you're upset with them for doing a guy, don't worry, they'll do a girl too. So it doesn't really matter. T, oh, God, whatever you do, do not piss these people off. They are really, really, they get butthurt very quickly. And I don't mean butthurt in a fun way. <laughs> Trust me on that one. They just, they're just angry. And just make sure you use the right pronouns over there. Get double angry, so... Thank you. But that's that. So let's, anyway, let's continue on. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that, folks. Those queens with clipboards going out to the Nigerian diplomats in Nigeria and all other fun countries across the globe to make sure that uh, our foreign assistance, you cash the check, <laughs> this is what you got to do for the queens. America can no longer afford to be absent from the world stage and must protect every ethnic background LGBTQ people women and religious minorities, Biden affirmed. This upset the National Public Secretary of the Pentecostal Fellowship in Nigeria, Ima Isong, because he believes that Nigeria's harsh opposition to LGBTQ rights doesn't go far enough. Same-sex relationships are illegal in the largest country in Africa and the seventh largest in the world by population and can be punished with up to 14 years in prison. <laughs> You don't want people having gay sex. The last place you should send them is prison. The country even bans people from showing affection for the same sex, operating LGBTQ organizations, and witnessing a same-sex marriage. So white boy Malcolm X, in Nigeria, there are no professional gay organizations. Hmm, who knew? No GLAD, no human rights campaign, and no cocktail-swirling queens <laughs> allowed in Nigeria. He admonished the Biden administration, saying that might, folks, that doesn't sound like a bad place at all. He admonished the Biden administration, saying it had not communicated officially with the government of Nigeria, even though the memorandum was about how the U.S. State Department should act, not an imposition of sanctions. Then Isong's rant turned strange. Let there be an official gazetted letter signed by the Secretary of State of the United States telling us to become gay. Then we invite the president of the U.S. to come and marry a man in Nigeria as his second wife, he said. He must practice what he's preaching. If the president of America wants Nigeria to practice gay, <laughs> he should come and marry a man from here so we know he means business. <laughs> this guy sounds fun. In an interview, Isong said that Nigeria doesn't go far enough when it comes to repressing its LGBTQ population. Nigeria is hypocritical. They treat the gay movement with cheap blows, he said. You can see a lot of people parading themselves as transgenders, 
cross-dressers, and gay people. No police have arrested them. There is no single police officer that has arrested any cross-dresser in Nigeria. So how do you think America will not capitalize on that and say what they want to say? <laughs> I'll tell you why they haven't, uh, the police officers haven't arrested anyone. Uh, Emma, Mr. Bishop, <laughs> they're scared. <laughs> you don't mess with a the transgender. They are mean. They go up and try to arrest them. They'll get a beat down. <laughs> okay, then. Joe Biden, go get yourself a, a man-wife husband. How's this headline? White House lawyers tell Mina Harris to stop using Aunt Kamala to build brand. Vice President Kamala Harris's social media influencer niece has long used her aunt's fame to boost her own personal brand. But now that Harris has entered the White House, aides have become increasingly concerned about the ethical implications of the promotional pattern, according to a report. Some things can't be undone, a White House official speaking about niece Mina Harris, 36, told the Los Angeles Times. That being said, behavior needs to change, the official said of the niece Harris, whose ventures have reportedly become a sensitive issue in the newly formed Biden-Harris White House. Harris is a lawyer-turned-entrepreneur who boasts more than 800,000 followers on Instagram, where her posts range from political to personal. She is the author of children's books, including one titled Kamala and Maya's Big Idea, and she is the founder of a woman's charitable clothing brand called Phenomenal. Her latest book, Ambitious Girl, was released the night before her aunt was sworn in as the first female vice president and woman of color in the White House. Well, she hasn't gotten there yet, folks. Calm down. She'll put creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer in a memory unit soon enough. The niece has also appeared on The View and the Today Show and was profiled this year in Vanity Fair and by the New York Times. Damn, she's a media whore. After the election, White House lawyers told the younger hair she could not produce any products that used the Veep's name or likeness, a White House official reportedly told the LA Times. A White House official went as far to say that the book bearing her aunt's first name, along with a phenomenal sweatshirt printed Vice President Auntie, are not allowed under existing ethics rules, the paper reported. But even after federal lawyers briefed Mina on the new rules she must follow, she still flew on a private plane to the inauguration with a Biden donor and shared the trip on Instagram, according to the LA Times. Of course she did. Her online store also continues to sell sweatshirts printed with the viral quote, I'm speaking, words spoken by her aunt during a debate with then-Vice President Mike Pence. In a statement provided to the LA Times via a public relations firm, Harris defended her practices. Since the beginning of the campaign, I have insisted on upholding all legal and ethical standards and will continue to strictly adhere to the ethics rules of the Biden-Harris White House, she reportedly said, blah, 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 blah. That's what they all say. That what people in the White House are probably like, you know, you can't do this, right? Wink, wink, nod, nod. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know. I shouldn't be doing this. Okay, I'll stop. Oh, I got to go. I got to catch a private plane to the inauguration. Bye. <laughs> Can you imagine, folks? Can you imagine how pissed off she is? She's a, I'm sure she's a great first-class grifter. Don't get me wrong. I mean, she is whoring her aunt out. <laughs> non-stop and she's gonna keep doing it no matter what anyone says but can you imagine how pissed off she is because there you go folks you got hunter biden he is a crack whore and he is uh he has been grifting forever and he's gonna continue to grift i mean hell creepy uncle joe pimped his book during some super bowl interview and uh that guy still owns 10 percent of some chinese company <laughs> he gets away with murder and she's out there just trying to whore her aunt out and they're saying no you're not supposed to <laughs> like damn it why am I the one that gets picked on? I tell you what, I bet you, you can go to her damn stupid website and uh, get your auntie, auntie sweatshirt. Six months from now, it will be there. Okay, folks, here is your, here is your second teacher bait story. I know you folks can't wait. You're probably sitting on the edge of your seats going, Miller, Miller, I got to have that teacher bait story. Okay, here you go. You have it. Calm down. This is from ABC 13, and here's this headline. Former Worthing High School teacher's aide accused of having sex with student gets 14 years in prison. Damn. This one, white boy Malcolm X, this chick. Oh, she goes down here. This is out of Texas. I tell you what, you're a teacher in Texas. You better look the other way. Do not look at those high school boys. Do not get tempted by that uh, that fresh meat. God. I know you're looking. I'm going, that looks tasty. That 15-year-old, 16-year-old looks tasty. But don't do it in Texas. Your ass is going to jail for over a decade if you do. A former Worthing High School teacher's aide has been sentenced to 14 years in prison 
after she was charged for having a sexual relationship with a student. And what do I tell you folks? You never, ever, 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 ever get a boy to do a man's job. Do you listen? No. So I guess she must want to go to jail. Teacher Flewellen, who was 51 at the time, man, that's a grandma having sex with your grandma, admitted to the allegations back in 2019 when she was arrested. The teen's grandmother reported the, speaking of which, reported the alleged affair after finding sexually explicit text messages on the boy's cell phone. In an exclusive interview with ABC 13 on Tuesday, she said the messages still haunt her. I trusted her, she said. The grandmother's grandson, who was only 16 when the sexual encounter started, had a learning disability and was in a special education program. She took advantage of my nephew, said his aunt. She would have my mom drop him off at school early in the morning, saying that he was going to help her out. In all fairness, he was, (laughs) helping her get laid, when she would take him to the closet. The student told officers they had sex four times at different locations, including at the boys' home. Man, she went to the boys' home right right under Grandma's nose she did that kid. Flewellen's home in the parking lot of the high school and in a storage unit. The boy also told HISD police that Flewellen once told him, you don't have to be gay. (laughs) Oh my goodness, she did not. Apparently she did. He does like boys, explained the boy's aunt. He's a little queen and she was going to screw the gay out of him. He's expressed that to us. So she said that she was doing it to try to convince him not to like boys. (laughs) The public service. More than a year later, the teen's family says he still struggles from the trauma. And if he likes boys, I I bet there was trauma. I had to see a, a vagina and it was scary for me. 14 years is not enough for what he has to deal with for the rest of his life, said the family. So there you go, folks. If you're going to do that, and I would say don't do that, Please just stop. Seriously. What do I say? Do not get a boy to do a man's job. But if you're going to do that, and I know how you teachers are, you just can't help yourselves. Don't do that in the state of Texas. <laughs> Go get a job in California. They'll give you some freaking award for that. Just don't do it in Texas because your ass is going to jail for a very long time. This is from the Philadelphia Gay News. and God, I don't even know why I'm going to read this story. I'm going to get aggravated. Queer leaders of color discuss shortfalls of HIV and COVID-19 response. Black and Latinx... You snooty white liberal reporter, stop it. Black and Latinx Community Control of Health, a local organization for LGBTQ plus people of color, held its second symposium on February 6th, National Black AIDS Awareness Day. And did you know that, White Boy Malcolm X? Did you know that February 6th was a National Black AIDS Awareness Day? Neither did I. ACT UP Philadelphia organizer Jose DeMarco founded the organization, which advises health policies and practices that affect black and brown people. Michael Hinson, president and chief operating officer of Self, Inc., served as moderator. The event included several presentations about the impact of HIV and COVID-19 on black and Latinx communities, transgender health and well-being amid the pandemic, policy issues for gay men of color, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment as related to the HIV-AIDS epidemic, And the crystal meth crisis that disproportionately affects black and brown people. Good God. What doesn't disproportionately affect black and brown people? Good God. Not my world. (laughs) Having dated a uh, a crystal meth addict. I'll tell you what. Gay white men, that is the drug of choice. When I lived in L.A., folks, they called that body by meth. You want to talk about being gay thin? That's how they did it because I guess crystal meth just ramps ramps up your metabolism and you're, you know, cause you're up for like days and days and days on this crap. I, I don't know. I'd rather be like, you know what, folks, I would rather be gay obese than put that crap in my veins or smoke it or however else you do it uh, to be thinner. I'd rather just, no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wear the hefty pants. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, apparently crystal meth doesn't really disproportionately affect the gay white folk. It sneaks in and gets those black and brown people instead. Jose Benitez, executive director of Prevention Point Philadelphia, spoke primarily about the social determinants of HIV care for Latinx communities, starting with the fact that one-fifth of the people living with HIV in the U.S. are Latinx. A national study that prevention... Can you see? 
Jose Benitez or all these other people reading this article. Oh, they're going to report on us. The Philadelphia Gay News is going to report on us. I can't wait to read the article. And they're looking at it going, what the hell? What, what's this little tanks crap? Nobody uses that but snooty white liberals. Anyway, let's, uh, let's pick back up on that. A national study that Prevention Point conducted revealed that people who were seeking treatment were diagnosed in the AIDS stage of the disease. Can't talk about this without talking about stigma, Benitez said at the symposium. Machismo is something that is still very present culturally. It makes it difficult for us when we're trying to negotiate with folks about how to get into care, how we even talk about different behaviors, specifically men who have sex with men or substance abuse. And I don't know about you folks, but that to me sounds like blaming the victim. Substance abuse and harm reduction are also issues that affect communities of color at higher rates than Caucasian populations. Benetis says that through Prevention Point, he's seen more and more people using fentanyl and heroin. And folks, that's not so bad if you're in Oregon. The fentanyl part is, but if you're in Oregon, heroin and crystal meth and cocaine, and I don't know what else is perfectly legal in small quantities, but fentanyl is not. But I guess in Pennsylvania, both are a big no-no. Bennett has underscored the need to have conversations surrounding the various ways that Latinx communities interpret the meaning of harm reduction. People will see that there's still this mixture of you're going to give out a syringe, so you're enabling people to use, he said. There's still that cultural piece. That's one space that we can all be educating people on. And this, folks... This goes on and on. And I'm just curious. I'm curious exactly because the headline in this article is about the shortfall in the HIV and COVID-19 response. And I'm just curious what exactly that is. How many places now are, you know, prioritizing the minority communities, the BIPOC folk, to get the COVID vaccine? I mean, they are bending over backwards here in Massachusetts to get that done. And what's going on? The BIPOC folks are saying, uh-uh, nah, we're fine. We're fine for right now. Thank you. Whitey can go first because <laughs> you know? they don't trust the vaccine right now. They're just like, yeah, no, we're good. We're good with everything. I tell you what, it does. It really does sound like blaming the victim, you know, saying, oh, well, the Latinx communities, there's that machismo problem. So it's their fault that they're uh, they're doing all these things because they're too macho. <laughs> we haven't feminized them enough in the school systems yet. So we got to work on that. But it's one of these conferences where they just yak, 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 yak. They just talk at each other and they talk about these grand hypotheticals. Wouldn't it be great if we could get uh, the uh, the black community, the capital B black community, to be uh, to be more receptive to the COVID response and the, the vaccine? Or wouldn't it be great if we could get these Latinx men to be less macho? <laughs> well, yeah, that's great, I guess. <laughs> if you're a flaming liberal, you men stand strong. We're almost done, White Boy Malcolm X. We are down to three. Three stories. And this one, folks, is a local story from the Eagle Tribune out of North Andover. Barbershop, and that is in quotes, shut down after goat slaughtering. <laughs> yeah. And this is out of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Oof. A city task force shut down a barbershop where a goat was being slaughtered with machetes late last year. The force comprised of police officers and state troopers, Firefighters and city inspectors also uncovered of anyone else joining that party also uncovered a variety of other violations, including alcoholic beverages being served and sneakers being sold, authorities said. A cease and desist order was issued to Lauren Barbershop at 198 Lawrence Street after the violations were detected on numerous occasions in late 2020, according to city enforcement orders. The barbershop was found to be in violation of COVID-19 pandemic rules and regulations adopted by the city and state and thereby endangering the general public, according to the order issued by the Board of Health on December 29, 2020. At Lauren Barbershop, task force members saw a variety of activities, with the exception of haircutting, said Police Lieutenant Jay Cirillo, a task force member. Everything but barbering, said Cirillo, noting he, troopers, and others on the task force, saw two men with machetes in the process of slaughtering a goat or other similarly sized animal. They were masquerading as a barbershop, and they kept doing everything but cutting hair, he said. And apparently, folks, it took this task force a couple visits to, to shut them down. Cirillo reiterated the task force mission is not to put people out of business, but to uphold rules and regulations, particularly during a pandemic. And folks, if you don't know what that means, that means keeping COVID care and happy. We really are trying to hold businesses accountable. If you are a barbershop, 
You should have licensed barbers working there, he said. Quit slaughtering goats. Violations at Lauren Barbershop were received September 9th, November 15th, December 15th, and December 28th, 2020, according to the cease and desist order signed by Mike Armano, director agent of the Lawrence Board of Health. These violations include but are not limited to the non-wearing of masks by patrons and staff. And you'll notice, folks, that is first. <laughs> they want to make sure COVID care knows, hey, we got it. We got that covered for you. Don't worry, lady. Having non-seated patrons, improper social distancing of patrons or guests, patrons being served alcoholic beverages, gambling in the room off the main floor, slaughtering of one or more animals on the floor, <laughs> selling and or storing butchered meats and selling other merchandise on the premise according to the cease and desist order. Failure to comply with the order could result in a $1,000 per day fine, according to the paperwork. <laughs> they had to go four times, folks. They're gambling. They're drinking. They're not wearing their masks. Calm down, COVID care. And they got them. They're slaughtering animals. They're selling shoes. They're doing all sorts of crap. And they took them four times. Like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Can you just need to cut it out? Can you stop killing the goats? <laughs> Please, we're going to have to cite you. And that's a $1,000 fine. <laughs> You go get them in Lawrence. <laughs> That's a fierce task force, let me tell you. This is from Vice. and Good God, why am I even reading this? I don't even know how to read the headline. Um, let's see. We're going to change that to vagina-scented face mask because the word they use, folks, it goes with the word cat. And I'll let you figure it out on your own. Vagina-scented face masks are the hot new pandemic fetish item. And I can only imagine, folks, I can only imagine what COVID Karen would think of that. <laughs> reminds me, White Boy Malcolm X, it reminds me of Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina-scented candle. And the candle's name, folks, if you did not listen to that podcast, which you really should, I think the name of that candle was, it smells like my vagina or something like that. So if you had some Gwyneth Paltrow vagina fetish, you could buy that candle. It smells just like her. <laughs> but now, now, folks, you can go online you sick people, you sick people, good God. You can go online and get vagina-scented face masks. And let's learn more about that. And I hope I don't throw up my dinner. Alongside worn underwear, people are selling face masks that they've worn inside thongs and panties. Masks are a critical and effective protection measure to help us get through this pandemic. But there's no denying that they're annoying as hell. They prevent us from seeing the faces of strangers and friends. They cause mask knee. They fog up our glasses, but to a select few, they are also an object of desire. If you see someone wearing a mask who seems particularly delighted, it might be because they paid for the pleasure of wearing a mask that smells like someone else's genitals or feet. Imagine browsing the aisles at a store and enjoying my scent, cats listing on Sniffer, the worn panty-selling site says. Oh my god, white boy Malcolm X, holy crap! There is a site called Sniffer, and folks... For you sickos out there, if you want to go, it's S-N-I-F-F-F-R. <laughs> so, and there's this person named Cat, and I don't know what their gender is, so we'll just call them they. Cat, they have a listing on Sniffer. I'll make your mask wearing more enjoyable, exclamation point. For fetish item sellers, the pandemic is an opportunity for a new kind of item. Vagina masks. And I'm just going to say that again because they use the P word. Cat, who sells panties and socks as well as masks on Sniffer says she's been selling the masks for almost a year. I think people like them because they're able to enjoy a fetish outside their home. I think it's like a little secret only they know, and it makes it risky and fun, she said. It's personally thrilling for me knowing that a mask I've had in my panties or shoes is now being worn on someone's face and they're enjoying it. Oh, God. I am going to throw up my dinner. They get to walk around with a dirty little secret. Like used panties, the customization options and that... You can customize your nasty panties. <laughs> Which reminds me, white boy Malcolm X, of that story we had just the other week about that chick who, uh, she was filming custom porn folks on a secret nuclear base in Britain. <laughs> I guess if you can have custom porn, you can have custom used panties. Anyway, picking back up, like used panties, the customization options for used masks are almost endless. On Sniffer, a marketplace for selling used clothes, mostly panties, for fetish purposes, Masks sell between $5 and $250, that must be Gwyneth Paltrow, but on average most are around $15. They come in a range of ways and places they're worn before they're sold. Of course, strapped to the inside of a thong seems to be the most popular, but feet, stuffed into bras, 
and faces are sometimes options too, depending on the seller. Disposable surgical masks are the ones most frequently posted, but people also sell simple cloth masks or ones with patterns and designs. The surgical three-ply masks are good for holding smells, who knew, but also for keeping evidence of what's on the other side secret. If there are things like sweat or skid marks on one side, and folks, if you don't know what a skid mark is, I am not going to tell you. It typically does not show all the way through, said seller. Lacey Sniffs, so besides Cat, Lacey Sniffs also sells stuff, who primarily sells on Reddit. Lacey Sniffs says she started selling masks a few months ago at the request of a client who bought some of her used socks. She sold four masks so far. Two, gosh, I don't even know how I'm going to say this. Two, I got to clean up this Vice article, folks. Two urine scented, one ass scented, and one foot scented, but also includes them as a free bonus gift with many orders. <laughs> Buy four panties, get an ass scented mask for free. One of her masks that's been pressed against her vulva, anus, or feet for 24 hours costs $5, and one that she's urinated on and dried three times costs 10 God. Part of the allure of the vagina mask is simply the closeness. Sure, you could strap a thong to your head like a face mask, but masks were literally made for wearing on your face. A lot of my clientele fetishize scents, so being able to have a mask full of my fragrances... <laughs> It's a polite way of putting it, pressed tightly in their face, and being able to deeply inhale my sense can be a highly euphoric and erotic experience for some lacy sniffs. <laughs> okay, I've thrown up my entire dinner. You people, seriously, and I know I'm not supposed to say you people, but you people know who I'm talking to. You panty-sniffing people. You mass-sniffing people with the tread marks and the pee and all the other fun stuff. God. You people are sick, sick, sick. You are sicker than a teacher looking at a 13-year-old boy and going, yummy, good. Good God. Okay, let's go ahead and get to our last story. I promised you folks a smoking gun story. It is in Florida, and here is the headline. Cops, woman attacks sister with EpiPen. A Florida woman who repeatedly stabbed her sister with an EpiPen told cops that she was <laughs> allergic to drunks. Allergic to drunks, white boy Malcolm X and was simply trying to sober up the victim, according to a police report. Investigators say that Joanne Zielinski, 62, and her Laura, 64, were drinking last night in their Naples home, of course, when Laura went to sleep on the couch. Joanna, cops allege, stayed up and consumed more alcoholic beverages and narcotics. At some point, Joanna went crazy and attacked Laura with an EpiPen, stabbing her with it multiple times, police allege. The epinephrine injector is used to counter severe allergic reactions. When questioned by Naples Police Department officers, oh and can you imagine, folks, can you imagine being in the Naples Police Department? Oh, God, bless your hearts. Bless your hearts two times over. I can't imagine what you folks have to, the kind of crazy you folks have to put up with. She said, Joanna said, I'm allergic to drunk, so I injected her with the EpiPen so she wouldn't be drunk anymore. What's the big deal? The injector, Joanna said, was prescribed to her. EMS workers conducted a medical evaluation of Laura since she was worried about the implications of being injected with EpiPen when she had no allergies and no medical use for the device. Medical personnel determined that no medication was injected into Laura due to the way that her dumb drunk sister was holding the EpiPen while attacking. The victim, however, was left with a large welt on her right thigh. So let me make sure I got this right, White Boy Malcolm X. These two drunk old women were sitting around and the one just said, I'm going to sleep. I'm, I'm too tired. Goes to sleep on the sofa. The other one keeps drinking and taps into something. God knows what. And then she's like, I'm allergic to drunks. And gets her EpiPen out. Starts stabbing her sister. But she's so dumb and she's so incompetent <laughs> that she couldn't even get any of the drug in her. Just bruised the hell out of her sister. Man. <sighs> you people in Florida are train wrecks six ways to Sunday. Joanna was arrested for domestic battery. So I guess the sister pressed charges and booked into the Collier County Jail on a misdemeanor count, of course. Of course it was. What else would it be? She is scheduled to be arranged on March 1st. Okay, then. On uh, on that note, White Boy Malcolm X, I know now not to fall asleep with you around if you've got an EpiPen, because I don't want to get stabbed. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and plug-pull this, uh, this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. Remember, I am on on parlor at Miller Frost, and my email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. Thanks again for coming by. 
Have a great rest of your week and start to your weekend. And we hope to see you back here next Sunday. In the meantime, take care. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.